All right, thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are, in fact, free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. Do us a favor, subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit the bell for notifications, upvote the video, and comment down below. And also, if you're looking for fantastic free content, you can always go over to the Grove Report with my friend, John Gillespie, who joins us today. How are you doing, John? I am fantastic. Just sitting here watching uh, a little baseball on Big Ten Plus, if if you can call this this broadcast a broadcast uh it's not not the best quality but still having a good sunday yeah this was incredibly predictable that it would be like this but it's still disappointing for an sec group whenever you see how the rest of the country treats college baseball it it can be disheartening can it yeah i mean and you know i understand that in the southern part in the southern parts of the country you know college baseball is a bigger deal um and i think weather has has some stuff to do with that. And the sport has grown nationally. But as you can tell, the the Big Ten does not put as near as many resources into the sport as the SEC does. Yeah, as we're recording this, um, Ole Miss is in the process of batting around for a second time, and they're currently up eight to nothing in the top of the first against Nebraska. So, um, yeah, it, it's, it's getting getting pretty crazy. Apparently, we just get eight to nothing. I just saw that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, Ethan Groff is so good, man. Him and Colarco. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, we yeah. call Lane Kiffin the Portal King, but what Mike Bianco did after winning the national championship—absolutely impressive. I'm blown away. Oh, he he talked about that in his post game presser last night with us. That, um, you know, some of the most consistent bats in this lineup right now are new faces. I mean, obviously you've got Jacob Gonzalez and Peyton Chatagnier and guys like that, but you know, a lot of them are. New faces. I mean, Calarco drove home five last night. So, yeah. Yeah, it was pretty good. And Minnesota hadn't won a game this season, and they gave Ole Miss every bit that they wanted. Congratulations to the Golden Gophers there, because this was probably the circled game on their calendar that they built up all year, and they they got their money's worth. So, congratulations to them. I'm not going to congratulate Maryland, because we've done beating them so many times they don't matter. And, of course, you know, Nebraska. I just care that Ole Miss beats Nebraska, because half, half my family is from Omaha, and they're all Nebraska fans. And but in the '90s, I had to listen to them tell me if Nebraska ever played Ole Miss, it would it would not be pretty, Steve. It would not be pretty. So after 2002, I have not heard from them negatively again, and I didn't want any reason for that to start back. Yeah, well, that, that makes sense. That was definitely the heyday for the Cornhuskers. Yes, so. absolutely, the Bug Eaters, the Bug Eaters. Yeah. I will always call them the Bug Eaters. Um, anyway, you know, let's go ahead and get started off with the college, uh, the basketball coaching search. Now, the Texas Tech coach has either been fired or suspended for verbally abusing a player at Texas Tech. So the reason I say that is because that is obviously a potential landing spot for Chris Beard at the moment, If they should they decide to do that. There was apparently another incident back earlier in the season where uh, the coach was accused of spitting on a player. And so they have some stuff they're going through there, but that is something to keep an eye on. But what are you hearing right now? Um, really, it's it's pretty tight-lipped. Um, I think that it's it's pretty well documented that, that, that I think that Beard is interested in the in the Ole Miss job at least. Um, but outside of that, I mean, it's it's pretty tight-lipped at this point um, as far as you know concrete information is concerned. But I, I do think that. Things like you just mentioned with the Texas Tech deal, um, that obviously gets the wheel of speculation turning 
in this season uh, for for Ole Miss or any any coaching search season because you know once once fans have their eyes on one or two guys, you know, any potential opening that comes up automatically becomes a threat. And so, you know, folks start wondering, okay, is, you know, would Beard rather have Texas Tech than Ole Miss or or either one of those even a legitimate possibility? So I think we're still very much in rumor mill season um, with the most well-documented thing being that, yes, Beard is probably interested at least in the Ole Miss job. You know, the funny thing is, let's – I think Ole Miss plays Wednesday night against South Carolina. And by the way, um, if anybody is looking for conspiracy theories, if you look at Ole Miss's draw, there's a chance they could make the semis. There's also a chance they could go out the first night. But they play – they beat South Carolina. They get Tennessee, which they played within four points during the season. And if they win that game, they get Missouri, which is a game that they just played the tar off of them. So they obviously could win all three of those games. Of course, they could lose the South Carolina game to be over. But my point is, when that final horn sounds, that is probably, in my estimation, when we should start looking for a coaching hire at that point. That's when the clock starts ticking, doesn't it? I think so, yeah. I think um, as soon as it can happen, once the season is over, I mean, like that that last horn, whenever that is for Ole Miss, because – you know, barring a winning of this tournament, they're obviously not going to the NCAA tournament or the postseason. Um, yeah, I think that's that's definitely when you should keep your eyes and ears open for some kind of announcement in, you know, the next day or two right there with that. Absolutely. Well, let's change gears here real quick. Um, I don't have too much time with you, but I have a little bit. Um, the NFL Combine is was this weekend, and Malik Heath did not have the best Combine. Jonathan Mingo, on the other hand, kind of did what are your overall impressions of it so far well and in looking at you know Heath and Mingo to me were the two biggest stories that came out of that because um Malik Heath's grading in the different the different drills you know it was good kind of good and then the 40 was not good um and I, I don't know exactly what you know obviously I can't I can't run the 40 yard dash I would die um but I know that there are very small, intricate details that can influence those times. And I think Malik Heath is plenty fast in order to to play at the next level. But obviously, he didn't have a great showing there. Um, but Jonathan Mingo, man, his his 40 time was was nice. And he, uh, of course, we've we've known for a while that he had, you know, big league potential, I guess, if you want to put it in those terms. Um, but, man, if, if the combine is any indication, I think there are going to be some teams who are – or chomping at the bit a little bit to to get a hold of that Mississippi native. Yeah, and I think Tavius Robinson ran pretty well as well. Yeah, and you know I, I think that um, you know one, one of the biggest disappointments to me was that Zach Evans was not was not able to compete because of an injury. Um, I haven't heard if he's going to try to go at pro day uh, for Ole Miss, but I was kind of looking forward to that myself, just kind of seeing how you know because he he's had injury troubles throughout his college career, but. You know, we all know that his athleticism is off the charts. Um, so I kind of wanted to see how he did in that setting, but obviously we weren't we weren't blessed enough to get to see that. But I do hope that he's able to go at Ole Miss's pro day. I think that's late this month. So, um, you know, we'll see. I mean, these these guys have another opportunity to kind of kind of put their talents on display. But it'll be in Oxford, obviously. Okay, um, and changing the subject a little bit again. On today on today's show, I'm doing a segment of what you're talking about Willis and talking about Lane Kiffin and analytics and going forward on fourth downs. That is my subject right now. 
And my argument, my thing that I'm talking about is analytics has become an armor to cover up bad decision making and impulsiveness and impatienceness. And um, I think that happens. And I pointed out the Auburn game from 2021. If Ole Miss wins that, they might be in the playoff. And, and that would to do that, they just need to kick field goals inside the 20-yard line. Mississippi State last year, they kick a field goal instead of going for it from the seven. All of a sudden, they're up by 10 points, probably win that game as well. The Alabama game in 2021, the Texas Bowl last year. There, there's been many examples of analytics costing Ole Miss football games as opposed to analytics winning Ole Miss football games. What say you? Well, I think I'm actually a fan of the analytics side of it, but it may also be because I have an aggressive personality. I'm not exactly sure. Um, I do think that sometimes, yes, especially, you know, the Texas Bowl especially comes to mind with some of the aggressive calls on fourth down there. Um but you know deep in your own territory and uh just from a i don't know if common sense is the right word but just from a you know common practice perspective that's kind of a no-no in the coaching industry um but i do think that you know lane kiffin said when he was hired at ole miss that hey this is going to be how we kind of run things and coming from the uber conservative approach of the matt luke era to this, I think was kind of a breath of fresh air for Ole Miss fans. And when it works, you know, you'll notice that people praise the decision. When it doesn't mm-hmm. work, they obviously don't. Uh, I think that's just kind of the nature of of the business. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I I can see how, you know, putting something behind, like you said, that armor or that shield of analytics, saying, okay, this is what the book said, uh, kind of gives you, in it may, maybe in Kiffin's mind, a way out from. A decision that didn't work out you know if, the, if that makes sense i know that's kind of a rambling way to explain it but yeah I, I can see that and you know i'm not a math guy i never have been um but obviously analytics are very math driven and so um you know there are people who are smarter than i am who handle all that kind of stuff but um yeah i personally to go back to my original point i i do like the aggressive nature of his play calling sometimes but um there are other times where I'm like, you know, even though the book says one thing, looking at the feel of the game might need to say something else. Yeah, my my, my um, points that I talked about is that, A, there's no player that changes momentum more quickly than a stop on fourth down. So if it doesn't work, the other team has a huge boost. And whenever you're playing in these cauldrons in the SEC, that becomes problematic. And second of all, I understand it a little bit whenever you have on paper a lesser talent than your opponent. But when you are the superiorly, you have more talent than everybody else on the field, why why take the risk? Why give them the boost? Why, you know, that that's my thought there. Yeah, that's true. And I, I've never really thought of it that way, but that is a good point. Um, you know, it, I guess kind of the way that, that you're seeing it is why give – the less talented team, more belief that they're actually in this game kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I can see that because you are right. I mean, it is a big momentum swing whenever a defense gets off the field on fourth down because usually, you know, field position is a lot of times involved and things like that. Or, you know, just the simple fact that the offense didn't come away with points. I mean, that's that's a big deal. Um, and, you know, I, I have friends who say that momentum doesn't exist. I think it absolutely exists mm-hmm. because I think a lot of the – a lot of sports in general is played in between here 
in between your ears and your brain is a mindset thing along with physical capabilities, of course. But if, if your mindset's not in the right place or you have a big letdown or a big boost like that, yeah, that's going to affect crowd. That's going to affect uh, play calls. It's going to affect all kinds of things. And so it may not be a tangible thing, but I absolutely think that momentum exists. And I think that you may be right there. Yeah. And anybody that doubts momentum, just go back and look at the 2015 Memphis game. That game oh turned, cur- turned on a fourth down play. And at that point, Memphis had all the confidence in the world and went out and just dominated the rest of that football game. When before that, if you hadn't have done it, you're probably up 17 to seven and things are just kind of murking the waters and you end up winning that game 31 17. But as it sits, you're well, in the ball game. I think a lot of people remember that game because of the Kendichi injury on offense. Mm-hmm. On fourth but, down. Exactly, yes. But mm-hmm. I think some people forget just how in control of that game Ole Miss was early. I mean, very early. But it seemed mm-hmm. like that this was not going to be a contest. And then. It's just like the air is let out of the balloon there. So yeah, I, I can totally, I can totally see that. Yeah, and like I said, we're, we're we're in a situation where we do it. We're kind of it's kind of what we are, and that's fine. But I mean, we can talk about it. We can, you know, nobody else is going to answer the question, so we can speculate on why and how and whether or not it's the right thing to do. That's that's the reason we pay well, our money, right? Those. Those people get paid big bucks to make those decisions. We mm-hmm. get paid much lesser bucks to analyze the decision. So yes, yes. And, and some of us get paid none bucks. So it's, it's all good. Well, that's but, true too. Yeah. yeah. So, but like I said, he, he gets to do it. He sticks to his guns. I do respect the heck out of that. That even whenever Auburn happens, he comes back and does the same thing. It would be different if it was up and down based on um, success rate, but it is a philosophy, and I do respect that. I just question not whether or not that philosophy is the right one when Ole Miss is where it is now. Not where yeah. it was in 2019, but where it is right now. I think that, that has changed a little bit. That's my opinion on that one. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree. All right. Anyway, thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. Make out and make sure and check out our new podcast, Locked On College Basketball. It has everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. Plus, you can hear from big name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. It's Locked On College Basketball. It's available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. Anyway, everybody needs to go to the Grove Report. Check out all their great stuff. I'm um, on their text thread, so I can see what's coming out early. They got tons of stuff over there. There's always stuff breaking. John's got you covered. John, thank you very much for coming on the show today. And it doesn't look like they've scored a run in the second inning, so it's still eight to nothing. So I haven't kept you too long. No, that's fine. That's fine. I appreciate it, Stephen. Thank you. All right. See you later, bud.